Welcome to Movie Time Machine, where each episode we take a movie from the past and relive it in the present. This week, we travel back to 1932 and revisit The Mummy, starring Boris Karloff and Zita Johan. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and joining me today is my Time Machine friend, Jamie. How's it going? I'm great, Chad. How are you? Good, good. We're going way back in the way back machine today. Almost 90 years. Crazy. I think I think this will officially be the oldest movie we've reviewed on the show. Yes, it is. Quite daring of us. Quite daring. Again, it's probably why it's only you and I doing this outside of the rest of the crew. <laughs> but much respect to them. Of course. <laughs> Yeah, so let's talk about The Mummy. Um, let's just give everyone a quick idea what the story is about. Um, I'm going to take the synopsis here from IMDb. It says, A resurrected Egyptian mummy stalks a beautiful woman he believes to be the reincarnation of his lover and bride. And this film, it had a budget of 196000 which would be $3.4 million in 2019 dollars. Um, it did not do very well in the box office. I think it peaked at number eight um, in January of 33. Um, and overall, for films that came out in 1932, it ranked 131. So I would say it probably wasn't a uh, box office smash, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it has uh, carried forward in our uh, pop culture, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, let's um, just do like a quick reveal, review of the film and just like our first impressions of it. Then we'll dive into um, a little deeper into the film after that. Then to finish off the podcast, why don't we go over and we're going to rank our top five Universal Monsters. But first, Jamie, I'd like to get your thoughts on the film. Yeah, so this was my first time seeing The Mummy. I had previously seen um, from the Universal Monsters canon. I've seen Dracula. I've seen Frankenstein. I think each of those a couple of times. But yeah, I'd never seen The Mummy. And um, I guess I I actually enjoy revisiting old black and white films. I know that it's um, not something every modern viewer enjoys doing. I Most people are bored to tears by them. And I guess I don't have those same feelings, but I also do have something of a modern attention span. So I can understand why they might feel that way. Um, and when I do watch older films, you never know what you're going to get. It might keep my attention and frankly, it might not, but I was surprised my initial viewing, how much, um, I was pulled into the story, even though I felt it started strong and then got a little wacky. Um, so yeah, initially pulled in, had my attention and, one thing that really caught um, that really piqued my interest was that I I couldn't believe how close this was to the actual Howard Carter expedition of King Tut's tomb, because right, in, right. in in my mind, that's like almost, you know, that is old, old um, modern history as far as I mean, uh, when you're dealing with Egypt, you're dealing with thousands of years. But yeah. Um, I just even learning about that in school about King Tut that just felt so long ago. But then to realize right. that only a decade later they were making the mummy, I thought that was pretty cool for audiences at the time. Anyway, it was very much front of mind for them. Right, and with that too, it's kind of funny that that didn't catch more of like 
um, a draw for this film. Now that I think about it, if that's still kind of in like the zeitgeist of, you know, it's not that long afterwards that this film's come after the discovery of that tomb. And you got to think throughout time, they're still pulling things um, from that dig. So you got to think that that should have been like in like the, the pop culture zeitgeist at the time. Um, but maybe that's why they tried to do like the mul multiple iterations of the film as we can kind of get into later. But, um, but yeah, my, um, you know, same thing for me too, like watching old films, I don't do it often. And more, the more I think about it, I was like, you know, I don't really hate everything from this era. There are some older films like this that I have come to really enjoy and appreciate and kind of love what they just kind of what they did for their era like um metropolis which came out i think to the mid and early 20s which is a silent film um then hg wells things that come was uh done into a film in 1934 so only a couple of years after this um which is kind of like a fun movie to watch just i think there's a really cool story there um but yeah this film like really did grab me from the beginning I'm very interested in what was happening. I like how you get to see the mummy, I think, within, like, the first five minutes of the film. Yeah. And just kind of how, it's like, the mummy is just there, like, ever-present and, like, in the background. So it's, you kind of feel like it's looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Um. But I get, it was, I get, like, I kind of get lost after, um, you know, where the mummy is putting, like, uh, D.D. Johan's character and like the trance and like is bringing her to the museum. Then after that, I I don't really remember what happened after that. And I've seen it twice. Um, then I thought, you know, some of the stuff towards the end and like when they give a little bit of like the flashback and the history of like the story mm -hmm. and that kind of drew me back in then like the whole idea of like this um, generations or this of reincarnation of um, Oxen. I, I'm going to totally destroy this name but uh, oxen Aten, <laughs> whatever oh yeah, yeah just Aten, yeah his idea of this like generations of like you know being part of like this historical um yeah kind of reincarnation of her where like so this bloodline throughout time so she's like half egyptian and half european mm -hmm. um i'm guessing so i that kind of drew me in but it's just you know, just some of it kind of just fell apart for me. I just kind of chuckled at, but I think overall it's like, if you like monster movies of this type, I think it's, you should probably give it like a quick, you know, viewing of it just to kind of see where a lot of the origins of, you know, I, f I feel like from my perspective, like these monster films have really started to like take off in like American pop culture. Yeah. But, and it's, I, it's funny they're trying and failing to relaunch the Universal Monster Saga again. If I'm if I'm following right, I think Dracula Untold was initially supposed to start that. Then it didn't. It wasn't received very well, so they said, "No, wait, never mind, never mind." So they tried again with Tom Cruise's The Mummy, which was awful. And I don't know if you saw that one, Chad. Did you see that? Um, I saw the trailer and some clips from the film and that was enough for me 
Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. And I'm, I'm a Tom Cruise apologist. I think he's a great actor. Never mind who he is in real life. I, I think he's a great actor, and his movies are usually awesome more often than not. But I, even he couldn't save this one. It was B.A.D. bad. And now I think that kind of kicked them off course again, and they're not sure how or if they're going to relaunch this franchise. And I think part of the reason, too, is they're missing the point. I mean— the reason the old ones did so well, among other things, is the costumes were so good, the performances were so good, and the makeup was so good. And that's yeah. all stuff that you, you can't just put a CGI scene on and yeah. you know throw out to the audiences. That's the stuff that makes it timeless. That's the reason why we're still watching a movie from 1932 and saying, holy shit, did you see the makeup on Karloff at the start of the movie? Right. It's incredible. It'd be like if they put Tom Cruise in like a new Mission Impossible movie, but the chase scene is done with like a Model T. Right. You know, like yeah. they need to I think there's like great storylines in all these like old classic monster films. I think that's what was like those the story is what draws you in, not exactly the monster itself. And I think just like, oh, yeah, we can do a real badass, like, CGI mummy, you know, this time. Everything, like, the, te the tech is so much better, and that's where I think they're really missing a point. Yeah. I think they just need to totally, like, reinvent, like, you know, maybe you do a story where, like, okay, it's about the mummy, but whatever your monster is in the film, like, you don't have it come in until, like, the end of the film, and, like, you need to have some, like, twist in the film that kind of like catches your eye along with having like say the mummy there's like this kind of like this love story of like maybe like some kind of tragic love story you know where it's been happening like generationally like throughout time you know and yeah. like this is what i think what what they really missed in the original mummy because i had read that they had cut um they had flashback scenes with uh zeta johan where it showed her character when she was reincarnated, like during like the Roman Empire, and then when she was reincarnated during like uh, like the Middle medieval times, and when I think maybe it's like there's like Viking raiders, you know, coming in, she like you know kills herself, and I think that's like a really cool part of that story is just this constant like right. regeneration of like this kind of tragic love story like they can't be together i think that would be a really cool like kind of puzzle to put together yeah um for this movie but yeah just they can't just like put they can't take these old stories and just put like a new you know shiny cover on it because it's right. just not going to work right i think even with like dracula it kind of made me think of um like the Castlevania games, have you ever played those? Like the one that came out like on the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360? I haven't generation. played the older ones, no. There was one, it's um, it's like a 3D Castlevania that came out like in 2010 or 2012. And like Castlevania, like the whole story is like you got this one character and like your big bad is to go defeat Dracula. Mm -hmm. Well, in this Castlevania game... It was uh, done by the the director and producer of like the Metal Gear games, Hideo Kojima, and 
what happens is spoiler alert for this game but like in the end it's like this the big bad in that game that you fight is wearing this mask and like after you defeat him you put on this mask and your character that you've been playing throughout the game is like you become dracula oh like you, that's it just kicks off yeah and it's like oh that's like they need to do something like that with these universal monsters you know like i think to kind of rethink these these stories and kind of you know update them for the 21st century because a lot of them are still buried in stories from you know yeah the 19th century yeah well and that was the cruise mummy it felt like they um took that idea and they were like but what if the mummy is a woman now and that's the big studios version of an updated um enhancement that audiences would enjoy yeah. And but they stopped there. It's like that's fine, but write her a good character because that's why we all enjoyed the first film anyway. So it's just that it's like half measures that didn't really evolve the franchise. You know, no one's saying don't have a female mummy, we're just saying write a good one, which I think is yeah. fair to ask. <laughs> right, right. You're not doing anybody a service though if you're just throwing a woman into a main character role. Yeah. But you're still treating that character. You're not giving that character any re more respect kind of thing, even though it's like a female character. Right. But. Yeah. I hope, I hope for more from them. Damn it. I hope for more from the, from the movie executive elite. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Maybe that's where we're failing. Right. <laughs> As like fans. <laughs> It's like we're expecting too much. We need there needs like well it would never happen. Maybe we there just needs to be like an indie. Maybe we're just getting this from like the indie scene in like different ways, and the big studios aren't you know ever going to get that. Yeah, maybe there's hoping just they like to get enough to keep the trademark, and you know, long as they break even on it, they don't give a shit. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. Anything else to add on to the universal stuff or like the reboots or um, anything about the mummy story you want to add before we do our um, top five universal monsters list? Um, I would just say quickly that I'm, I'm going to have to revisit the 1999 Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weiss uh, reboot of the mummy, because I think unlike the cruise one, I remember that this one was really fun and keep in mind this was 1999 so i was probably like nine or ten when i saw yeah. it for the first time so you know it was louder faster um i remember at that time the cgi was pretty um pretty exciting to write about and yeah I, I have nothing but good memories of it, and I, I bet it's campier and more dated now than when I first saw it. Right. But right. I also remember that I Rachel Weiss is one of the greatest working actors right now, and I still remember her being really good in that film. And, um, I mean, Brendan Fraser's a – he's a donut, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's, he's fun enough in the movie, even though he's – doing his shtick um, right so yeah i just i i'm 
and maybe that's a touch base for later uh, if we get more into reboots or sequels. But I'd love to revisit it because I do remember that they drew quite a bit from the original film, particularly the Imhotep um, Tsunamun love story. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, maybe I'll have to take uh, time and give that one a shot because I know you've you've really talked about that one a lot in our conversations off the mic. Um, all right, so before we get into um, ranking the Universal Monsters, I just had um, another fun fact here um, outside of the scenes being cut depicting the various reincarnated lives of Oxenanum. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you know that Ardeth Bay... So which the uh, mummy character in the film is an anagram of death by Ra. Oh. Ra is like the Egyptian god. I'm glad you brought that up because he was saying his name throughout the whole movie and I I never quite caught it. I had to look it up on IMDb to figure out what Karloff was saying. So that makes sense why they gave him such a... Honest bird. (laughs) I do have to say, <laughs> Ardeth Bay. You know, what? okay, this is making me think of some other things about the film. It's just like uh, this random guy tells you to go dig up a mummy somewhere and like you actually find something. Then you just let him hang out in your museum. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And like somebody, like one of the security guards gets murdered, but you're just like, hey, uh, Ardeth Bay, uh, you know. Pretty sure you killed this security guard guy, but um, you know, we're just not going to do anything yet. Yeah, like, we're not sure. <laughs> so like, oh, and just like the stuff with uh, I can't who what's Zeta Johan's character's name in the film? I can't remember. Helen Grosvenor. He- oh yeah, yeah, Helen. A name, a name that died <laughs> with the 1930s. Right. Grosvenor. Grosvenor. Um. Just the stuff with like the Helen character and when she's like laying on like the uh what is it? The chase or yeah. couch or whatever. And um they're trying to like, you know, if they're gonna like bring her to a hospital and the the Wimple character mm-hmm. is essentially just like, come with me to my place and like fall in love with me it just it's like that whole interaction there is so awkward and like definitely like buried in the era and you know like unrealistic love or something i don't know i was like i was telling uh angela like he's just like saying uh come over with me uh then i'll show you a good time you know right like we are meant for each other like whoa moving too fast right. some other stuff going on here <laughs> It's funny because he's reaching throughout history and she's like, what? I I don't know. It's like 50 First Dates. This is how 50 First Dates came about. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reboot. You could, you're yeah. gonna, it's a mashup between 50 First Dates and the original Mummy. There we go. There we go. We solved it. Yeah. Write that screenplay, Jamie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's uh, go through and let's uh, rank our top five universal monsters um do you we'll start at our the bottom of our list and i'll work our way up to the top Um, okay do you want to kick this off yeah i can kick it off i was gonna so are we doing the monsters themselves or are we doing characters from the movie i thought the monsters themselves okay then i we can do we could 
you know, we could do a mashup of the both. We can we can rank the monsters and we could talk about the characters that are affiliated with those monster movies. Okay. Okay, I like that then. I was going to yeah. cheat and make my numbers four and five, Bud Abbott and Luke Costello. From, <laughs> <laughs> from one of my favorite Universal Monster movies, um, Bud, or what's it called? What's the actual title is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. So... That was 1948. I think we had most of our monsters on screen at that time. And, um, yeah, it's – I haven't seen it in a while. It was a favorite as a kid. But I just remember that I think all these monsters gather at Dracula's castle and uh, Abbott and Costello are unwittingly navigating through their ranks and trying to survive. So in that movie, you get Dracula. You get um, – the werewolf, uh, wolfman, excuse me, you get Frankenstein's monster and maybe the invisible man has a joke cameo at the end, if I remember right. Um, so yeah, I would say, um, without cheating and using them, I like the creature from the black lagoon. I've never seen the movie, but I think his costume and makeup just looks dope. Yeah. Awesome. So is that your, uh, what number would that be? That'll be five if we're not That'll counting Abbott and Costello. All right. All right. Cool. All right. So uh, my number five, I'll work from the bottom to the top. Um, when I when starting from the bottom, I just haven't seen some of these films, but I'm just trying to think of like how they resonate with me just because they're prevalent everywhere, especially during the Halloween holiday. Yeah. Um, but my number five would be um, The Wolfman. Um, just because The Wolfman, like, in any game that I'm playing, like the Wolfman is like never like a boss character. It's just kind of like an every everyday bad uh, bad guy. You know, it takes like one hit with the chain whip. You know, not <laughs> not too much getting in your way. So, yeah, that's why Wolfman. You're you're getting my bottom rank here. <laughs> Outside of like your your Hunchback and your Phantom of the Opera and Universal, I guess if you wanted to call a Phantom your your monster, but yeah, yeah, we'll Wolfman. allow it. Yeah, Wolfman, you're number five. Nice. I like that. In that <laughs> in that spirit, I'm going to – oh, I actually do have it up here that um, Vincent Price was the voice of the Invisible Man in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I think he's just got oh, yeah. a cameo at the end. He's smoking a cigarette, and you just kind of see the smoke puff. God, from, I love Vincent Price, man. He's the best. Think, yeah. He's the best. Um, so – Wolfman was your number five. I'm going to give him my number four spot All right. because, yeah, and I think kind of like you said, not necessarily from the Universal Monsters canon because I've never seen the Wolfman, but two of my favorite werewolves on screen. Well, the Howling is pretty cool. It's been a while since I've seen that, though, but I remember enjoying that werewolf um depiction um my top two are american werewolf in london the transformation in that movie um my favorite scene though is when they're first getting chased on the moors and you just hear the wolf howl and it's not there yet just that sense of creeping dread yeah so so good um and my second i know it's a favorite of yours uh harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban oh yeah my favorite yep i know you can relate to me on this one uh, <laughs> Professor Remus Lupin and his uh, his uh, 
wolf-like illness, shall we say. I think that's a very cool werewolf as well. All right. The prisoner of Kazakhstan. That's right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So my number four was your number five was the creature from the Black Lagoon. And kind of for the same reasonings that you have, I just, I haven't seen anything with that monster in it, but just, I think just the look and the design of that character is, is kind of cool. That's one of the, like the classic monsters that I'm sick of seeing the least because <laughs> yeah. they're everywhere. But, you know, he, he or it does not have, I don't think it has its own monster cereal though. So we have Count Chocula. We have uh, you're right, Frankenberry. Frankenberry. We have the Booberry. Where there's the Wolfman Crunch. Whatever I can't remember what that one is. Yeah, you're but, right. Yeah, no cereal for this guy. Oh, let's get him a cereal. So yeah, I'm gonna start a petition for that. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag creature cereal. Okay. <laughs> start a movement. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, right. I think that brings me to number three, um, which I will give to uh, Boris Karloff's The Mummy. So as I mentioned before, this was my first time seeing this. And I think he gets it alone from the makeup in that first scene. It's um, although he's my number three character, that makeup is my favorite out of all the universal monsters I've seen so far. So good job, Boris. Way to sit still in that chair. <laughs> yeah, the thing about, I've read about the makeup was that, you know, I had taken like eight hours to um, do the makeup for that part. And I was thinking, it was like, why well, I read that before the film it was like every day, but it sounds like it was just like the one day of the shoot because okay. the only time that he was in the makeup was like the scenes where he was opening his eyes Outside of that, it was just like a, a carved dummy or like a fill-in or something like that that they used for the mummy until they had to film the scene where he opens his eyes. Oh, sure. That makes more sense. Yeah. So it's just like that one shoot that they took for that. But, yeah, very cool. Yeah, so um, my number three is also the mummy. And, again, seeing the film has probably brought the mummy up a couple ranks for me. Mm-hmm. But outside of the films, the mummy again. In uh, when I'm thinking about playing Castlevania games, I've played almost all of them. Is that the mummy again? Like, not, you know, a great, not a big bad. I think in the original Castlevania game, you fight two mummies as like a boss. So it's like, well, you need two mummies instead of one to fight. And it's like, uh, you know, you're not that great. So it just kind of, kind of has been like a, you know. Not a very strong spot for the mummy for me, but uh, the film right. has, has definitely brought the the ranking up a couple notches. So um, for everything that you said too, I think Boris Karloff and this role is just just awesome. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah, number three. On to your number two. Number two. So I just did some mental flip-flopping in my mind the more I thought about it. So <laughs> <laughs> my number two... Um, Frankenstein's monster. I think he doesn't look as cool as his bride, but I've never seen bride, so I can't in good conscience give her that spot. Yeah. Even though I think she looks cooler. I guess I did that with Creature from the Black Lagoon. So 
maybe I can. But hey, it's your list. You can list it ever however you want. Yeah, that's true. What the hell? Let's <laughs> yeah, let's go bride. It, yeah, it looks right. cooler. It looks cooler. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll go bride. I remember more than once my grandmother uh, wearing that costume for Halloween. She killed it, and um, yeah, I think I think the film Frankenstein is my favorite Universal Monsters film. Um, although the monster is not my favorite Universal monster, right? Which I'm saving for number one, and you've probably figured out by process of elimination. Yep. Yeah. So I think uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that our lists are almost identical, except okay. for four and five. So because. My number two is Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Um, I, th I think the original Frankenstein is probably the darkest of these early universal films. Yep. But uh, the reason why it doesn't take my number one spot, which I'll get to, is uh, Frankenstein, even though he is a big bad in the Castlevania game, <laughs> 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 for, uh, provides more of a challenge. He also needs the assistance of uh, the hunchback that is on his shoulders. So, again, you know, you can't take take out the hero by yourselves. You need some aid and assistance. So, on to your number one. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, my number one, if you haven't figured it out by now, if you haven't seen enough movies, it's Dracula. Bella Lugosi, the role that defined him, made him. I think I'm not mistaken in that he was buried in that cape. Um, so, oh yeah. Yep. I remember that. Yeah. That role was pretty much his life. And for a good reason, you can't, um, I guess never having read Bram Stoker's novel. I, the only thing I think of when I think of Dracula is Belagosi, And right. I just can't think of a better reason to put anybody else ahead of him as um the universal monster so number one dracula don't care if it's cliche the man earned it right <laughs> <laughs> yeah same here my number one is dracula um the uh yeah when i think about this version of dracula it's kind of comical in a way because it's just like the the co maybe because like the costume itself it's Again, I think because we're probably so close to the holiday, being so close to Halloween, it's like if you see like a Dracula costume, it's like pretty much that universal Dracula, like the medallion and everything. And just it's it's kind of so locked into our pop culture. Yeah. But, uh, again, when I'm I'm referencing Castlevania a lot in this podcast, but uh, Dracula is probably one of like the most badass uh villains in a game for me um just because oh, after yeah. you think you've de defeated dracula he is going to transform into a gigantic beast with wings yep. you gotta fight him again and you just you can't it's not just the holy water it's not just the the cross boomerang like it just you know it takes a lot of skill to take out dracula and that's why my dracula is my number one jamie i i agree and he's the leader <laughs> <laughs> he is the leader it Think of all the offshoots. I mean, you've got the Monster Squad, who's running the show. Yeah, Dracula. That's right. Dracula. Van Helsing, who's running the show. It's Dracula. Yeah. So, I I agree. I think that's a solid pick. So if they're going to do this Universal 
monster cinematic universe, they need to set it up somehow where Dracula is, you know, pulling all the strings. Right. Right. I did, which just made me think of uh, another topic um, when you're talking about rebooting a series. Um, maybe like another way of doing it too is like doing some kind of modern like um, origin story. Then it made me think of um, Hereditary. Oh, I was like, what if that on. somehow you the the twist at the end, like of like being like the king. I was like, oh, what if that's the way that's that's how you create Dracula. If that was like that's like the origin story from Dracula somehow, like somehow rewrite that story. But are you suggesting they remake Hereditary? Yeah, because I didn't like that movie very much. How dare you! <laughs> I was just listening to another podcast the other day, and they were talking about Hereditary, and somebody says like this may be an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I don't like Hereditary. Oh uh, man! I was like, okay. oh, that sounds familiar, but. Agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, awesome. Is there anything else you want to add on this film before we close it out? Um, I just one quick shout out, and I know we talked about this outside of the podcast, but it's this was in many ways a lift in land of the film Dracula. Um, just characters and a bit of the plot wise, you know. I mean, you're yeah, your heroes trying to save the damsel in distress from the big monster. And I just wanted to point out that David manners who plays, um, Frank Wemple, the, yeah. the ding dong who's trying to save Helen Grosvenor. Yeah. He, he's also John Harker in Dracula. Oh so yeah. Yeah. I remember pretty, reading that. Yeah. Replace the, replace the cross with the onk of life. And, <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Which he just hangs on the door for no reason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Jamie, for taking time out of your day to talk about this film. And that concludes this episode of Movie Time Machine. If you want to leave us some comments or questions uh, or let us know how you're doing, you can go to iTunes or Apple Podcast and rank and review podcast. You can find our podcast on most of your favorite podcast services. And thank you very much. You can also find us on Twitter at at Movie Machine Pod or just search us at Movie Time Machine. Thank you and have a good day.